Right. So welcome back to the Track Sim Running Podcast. Today I am joined by it's crazy to say this, but it's our first sprints guest like ever. And we've done like 80 something episodes, 86 episodes. So it's crazy to say that, you know, that it's the first ever guest what's so actually a sprinter. So I guess introduce yourself first of all, and then we can get started on that. Crazy, some though. interesting topics. That's crazy. I feel I feel I feel honored. I feel honored. Um yeah, I'm Rich Ron Miller. Um sprinter, hundred meters mainly. Um I, I just do I do a lot of things in it. Um podcast, the narrative pod. Um build it up. Yeah, pl- like plug your stuff. Plug plug your Instagram. Yeah, man, everything, everything. The narrative pod, building up track archives and you know, a lot a lot more to, to come. A lot more to come moving forward. But yeah, just you know what? I'll say like I see like me and me and you like as as like my favorite words culture in it like mm-hmm. I, I see us as like like men of the culture so like when I think about like running I always think yeah like tracks that's like cultural and um I think in like British Britain people would associate I hope people would associate me with that as well so with, yeah man I'm not too familiar on this because obviously I'm not a sprinter so it's hard for me to sort of. I guess understand it or like follow the story as much but you did a like a documentary didn't you um south london sprinting was that is that right is that what you did yeah yeah so we did a um a documentary all right so this is where like people get triggered because it was called kings of the south right mm. but i was it was more so just about kind of our generation like our little era me and kind of the guys that i came up with just documenting our story from like when we first started getting involved up until junior internationals. And hopefully I wanted to just like, with me, cause I used to make vlogs as well. And I've always wanted to give people a reference point. So it's like, I feel that people will start to make teams, you know, um, my brother, Chad, Chad Miller, um, Jamal, a lot of us, but I want people to have their background. So, that was just kind of to give people insight into what what we all how it was mm. i think that's a big thing like in just not just i guess it's like a, it's across like the the globe in terms of the running track and field space there isn't really any insight at all into anything of, of anyone's story of anyone's lives i think that's something what we both look at as one of the biggest problems within the sport and yeah. it's just i think that links on to sort of the first thing i want to touch on well what you spoke about before the start of the podcast, because it was yesterday that Michael Cherry was tweeting about how contracts shouldn't be confidential. And that's sort of, again, just like the lack of information in the sport. So like, I guess, do you want to give like a brief overview of what, what was said and then sort of, I guess, the issues of that? It is funny that this was yesterday because obviously we're recording this podcast now and I guess we, I wanted to speak about the problems of the sport and everything like that. And then, this is kind of a huge thing in terms of athletes not actually having their value right because obviously we know athletes generally get underpaid i don't want to I, I need to step around it quite carefully but that's generally the case what happens um that's the thing Do you know what's funny because i've recorded a few episodes like of the podcast where we've spoken about this but it's always touchy like they they haven't come out which might be like to my benefit because if you say like you could say one thing and then it's just taken wrong but mm. it's like it, it it it's just a weird situation. So he tweeted about um the perfect example. 
Jalen yeah. Ramsey on a Super Super Bowl win, Golden State feud. So there's like a YouTube video. It, yeah. it don't matter if it's 60 million, it's a starting point. Now anybody's saying they deserve this, well, look what bro getting paid. I'm just saying, as him, kill all, all debating right there and you can sprinkle in marketing and everything else, but at the end of the day, out there. Yeah. So what's, what's he saying about that, basically? So basically he's saying, like, let's say somebody wins the NCAA, right? Mm. We know that that person's going to sign. So in 100, let's say you win NCAA. I don't know the numbers. This And this is the point. <laughs> we don't know the numbers. So if we think, okay, cool, winning the NCAA is a 9-9. If you're, let's say, 21, that should be 300K. Mm. If we knew that, then when the next person wins it, they know, okay, cool. I've got to get at least 300. But at the moment, like, there's a lot of, nobody knows what, what is what. It's all kind of guessing. And when you're speaking to a brand, they've always got a reason why it's not that. But you don't really have, well, he just got this. Because that's what in the Jalen Ramsey one, he basically was like, you use it in negotiating because you say, okay, well, I, this person just got that. So I've done this in comparison. So I need to get this. Um, and that's a lot of what we don't have. We don't like appearance fees that I think that kind of applies to as well. All this different type of stuff. Um, but it's, I think maybe because I saw somebody say, if like, because the contracts are so low, well, not so low, but because they're not as high as other sports like the NBA or like the Premier League, then it doesn't have to be disclosed. I think once mm. the number gets over a certain amount, that's why in other sports they're disclosed. Because I remember when Andre de Grasse and Trayvon signed their deals, everyone knew those numbers because they were <laughs> they were high numbers. And I think I'm sure even Andre benefited from Trayvon signing first because he probably used that. Well, his people probably used that as a benchmark. So I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna Google this quickly. I when I did a research about the highest paid track and field athletes, there was only like five athletes I could find um, numbers about, and yeah. I can't remember the graphic, but it was like Sidney McLaughlin, Michael Norman. Oh, here it is. So he here's the only athletes. I guess what this is average mean contract value. Oh, never mind. It's estimated by agents, and it was including Justin Gatlin, Alison Felix, Noah Lyles, Michael Norman, Christian Coleman, and Sidney McLaughlin. And yeah. Sidney McLaughlin was double, over double anyone else on that list, apparently, or being okay. predicted by agents. But it's like... Oh, does, it actually say, does it actually say any numbers? Or... Yeah, so Sid, Sidney's was... I know, this is, I know Sidney's is higher than this, but this is 2019 Sidney, so I guess uh, seconds to Dudla Mohammed. Um, 1.7 mil a year. Yeah. But I think we both... Sidney's probably on... Yeah, she's definitely way higher than that. Because yeah. um, even, like, usually the top, whoever the top 100 person is should be on, like, one point something anyway. Mm. So. Like, I'm pretty sure Affing, this is just for me being told things, I'm pretty sure Affing Mo is on 1.2. I don't want to say for definite, but that's just what I've been told by quite a few different people, that she's on, like, yeah. 1.2 mil, which is, you know, Olympic champion, young star, it's well double Olympic champion. It kind of makes sense. That's the thing, because there's a lot of variables like your age, 
and then the like gray area is like how market was this person blah 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 um and that's where i think we that's our side of things like we're trying to make we're trying to cro- like build that bridge between the audience and I, what i would say is potential audience mm. and the athletes like so realistically like i know people people would love like um athletes if they knew about them do you know what i mean like but they don't you gotta like be able to buy into someone's character and um yeah what do you think the biggest barrier for that is do you think it's just lack of content and lack of information i think it's like lack of investment in in that like development of people which i understand because in athletics it's always checked like this year someone could be the person and then next year they're injured and then five more people come through so it's like i've always said with athletic with athletics it's like a game of survival of the fittest so we're not going to invest in anybody and then whoever makes it through can get a little bit instead of like we're going to invest and see who comes through um it's like what's the least amount of money we can spend for the most return and that's why i think athletic athletics is like one of the best sports because like for example say a brand like um like nike yeah by sponsoring gb like in say world champs and stuff like that the the marketing that they're getting like prime time bbc millions of people tuned in they're getting that for so cheap you would ne- you could never get that in in another sport and that's just how athletics is that's how it is isn't it it's funny as well because obviously every four years you, the olympics comes around and you see it is the the focus of the olympics always and like you said it's probably one of the cheapest to actually sponsor and the the, the athletes who i know you obviously can't promote your your brand during the olympics but you've still that's got their spike change. you've still got their spikes on for even for now but yeah i do think that's going to change because it's that's crazy change because if you it, and this is the problem um the only way that it can change is if like i i obviously it's difficult to be this guy in it because like i i haven't qualified for the olympics so it's easy for me to say oh like like people got to like protest or whatever yeah but like the i can't i can't see why the the ioc if they they're making so much money like unless what athletes are saying we're not going to go or find another way to affect the money why would they change mm. like they're not like say the ncaa is how they're doing all this stuff now only because like in basketball athletes were finding ways out of it so they've had to change like until we find a, a way around it which is another thing we're going to talk about i believe like stuff like the leagues we can like develop leagues and invest and like build audiences where we can like let's say athlete this probably will never happen well i don't know if it will ever happen but it's like if an athlete knows cool i'm gonna get x for winning the olympics but i can get this guaranteed by just dominating this league and all the benefits that come off of it that's when maybe we'll have a chance but until then it's going to be cuz i think it's just ridiculous that 
how are you telling people you can't even promote? Not even you can't get new sponsors, but the sponsor that's paid for you to be at the Olympics by like endorsing you for all these years, you can't promote them. Mm. It's ridiculous, right? And also think think about the money what would come into your contract if you were able to promote at the Olympics and that brand acknowledged that you're probably going to get the most views ever during that time period. And that's going to be yeah. a big like big decide in the contract. But I like what you said there, like how you said how people could get a guaranteed sum if they went elsewhere. Do you think that's a big problem for us that the Olympics for track and field is the pinnacle and you've got how many sports does is the Olympics? Yeah, the but we're, we are the like we are the Olympics though. That's yeah, what people, that is true. That's what that's what we have to understand. And um the main thing that it, it is that's the that's the like biggest issue because that's keeping us in the in the form of an amateur sport. Imagine if in boxing, like all these AJ Fury, all these guys could only prove that they was the heavyweight champion every four years. Mm. Like that's that's what it's the equivalent to because we I think like we're still in the even though people can claim that athletics is a professional sport, but it's not we're still in the like amateur phase of athletics. And I think that in the future it will become professionalized. There will be real leagues. Like in the um the episode you did mm. with I can't remember his name. My bad. The, um, the Canadian uh track yeah. field league. Yeah. Yeah. Um when you guys were speaking about like I lost the train of thought now as well. Um but like I think that we're still in the early phases of athletics. Like there'll be like you see how um people look at like Kareem Abdul Jabbar or like yeah. these type of guys. That's what I think Bolt's gonna be like. Like we haven't had our like Michael Jordan. Because if you like how the NBA was before Michael Jordan, even what if you watched his documentary, it wasn't professional like that. Yeah. But then he's brought it to another level and then Kobe's kind of solidified it. And now all the NBA players, they go into the like before the game, they're putting up like 300 shots. Like they're doing it like it's so professional. We still not, we're not like that in athletics. The top 1% is professional, but then Bolt is in the Olympic final racing people that might not even like, they don't even know how they're paying their rent. So it's not professional. Until we get that like real structure, you can't say that's a professional sport. Well, do you know how, like, it must be a few years ago now, it, World Athletics used to be called IAAF. Like, that's what yeah, it was called. Yeah. It was that IAAF stands for the International Amateur Athletic Federation. Yeah. That, that's what it stands for, Amateur Athletic Federation. And that was until a few years ago that that changed to World literally, Athletics. Like, literally, not more than what, three, four years, three, maybe years or so. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. And even that, like, looking at the structure of like the Diamond League, not even like the actual structure, but even the business structure, like it's literally just a group of meets, like individual meets. Mm. It's like, forget the points and how it works. It's not even like, it's like, <laughs> it's just literally just individual promoters making meets and then getting the like cosign of Diamond League. There's it's no structure. Doesn't, doesn't yeah, so I think eventually we will get there, but 
it's going to take like investment from somebody outside to compete with the current structure. And I think like stuff like the Canadian League, um, different just different people coming up with different ideas like that will become investable. And we gotta like start to learn the numbers of stuff because eventually say that Canadian League, could somebody could come in like, all right, cool. I like this. This is perfect. What's the model? What's the structure? Cool. Drop something on the table. Start giving everyone guaranteed contracts. And I, I don't want no. If you're in Canadian League, you're getting this guaranteed, but you can't go to the Diamond League. Mm. Who's not gonna? Everyone's gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's common sense, isn't it? Yeah. So that's how that's how I see it changing. I think the main thing is with the with the with the current. I don't even want to call it a league structure because it's not like the Diamond League isn't really a league. Like there's some weird point system where you can race like three meets and then race the final and still win. But then it's like, it's so strange. And what you get 30K for winning the final. The 30, I thought it was 60. I think it's 30. I think it's as, I'll, I'll Google that. Uh, but sure I know the, I know the money like even in general meets in general like the prize money and appearance fees and stuff have been going down like yeah 30 thousand dollars okay so 20 yeah. some k in pounds but to be like to be honest like that's what I'm saying it's just it's not there and it's interesting like uh, this is how I see it um so I've I've watched like a lot of different things to, to try to understand like the way that people like make money from what they're doing. So like whether it be boxing stuff, like I'll be observant of like Mayweather or like Eddie Hearn or whoever. If it's music stuff, like I'll always try to listen to like how people do this to get whatever. And then like even say like I Am Athlete podcast, which um, that's where Michael Cherry got the clip from that. And then I tried to compare it to what's going on in athletics. And from what I understand, like, in my opinion, like, someone's got to sit down and work out a way to put their own money into it. Mm. Like, it's not going to happen from asking World Athletics to, to change something or asking a meet promoter to change something because they're already making money. I remember, like, Put it this way, if I'm making 10 times return on my investment or 100 times return on my investment, why would I change my business model? Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if athletes want to make more money, that's not the focus of, like, a meat director or, like, world athletics. They're just focused on the overall picture, but their business model is already working. Like, so that's just how it is. We have to find, we, we got to figure it out we got to like really sit down and, and, and say, okay, cool. What can we do? Do you think the business model at the minute is more about retention rather than actual growth and like disruption? Like that's what it seems like. It just seems I like we're say it's to... about, I wouldn't even say it's retention. It's like survival. Just do it. It's not retain, what you have to it's do. Not it's dropping. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So they're trying to, they're trying to retain, but, what that's what happens when you play de like defense 
you lose, you have to attack. Like, we don't, the sport hasn't taken any risks. The main development in the last few years is they've done a light show before the, before the races. And like, that's not really doing much. I just see that as that's a wasted probably, budget. That's all I see the light exactly, shows as, as a wasted budget. However much, how, how much that costs, they could have made a little documentary of that. Do you know what I mean? But I think even like when they had that camera between people's legs, I think they still got it, that weird camera. It's just, or when they changed that jump rule to like uh, top three, do the jump off at the end. You just think like, who who thinks of this stuff? And like, what's the aim? Like, cool, let's say these ideas, like in the NBA, when they change a rule, even if they disagree or agree with it, they've changed it to make the game more marketable. And like, it's over time, it's clearly worked. Mm. We can, all, all the changes that we see in athletics, I don't, I don't know what's improved. Like, maybe the best change, maybe is like the full start rule. But that didn't make anyone more money or less money. It just lost ball a world a world world championships. <laughs> yeah, but that's entertaining anyway, man. That's yeah. what we're missing. Entertainment, you know what I'm saying? And um I think, you know, it's painful because I feel like we're always so close to getting a like great moment. Like, what if what if um I think I was talking to you about this, like making a whole podcast of like hypotheticals, but it's just like what if after Bolt loses, he goes Doha in 2019. Yeah. Then we've got then we've got something. Like we've got a, a comeback story or we've got a, okay, can he do it? But we never like get those opportunities. It's always and if we did it probably wouldn't be told. I think a lot of the stories in track aren't told. Like even that, why if you're if you're world athletics, why not just invest in a film? about whatever story you want to make it about. It wouldn't even Except be that expensive either. Like Except Clay wants to do it by himself. He could do it by himself. <laughs> could be anything. He, he would even make money off that himself. But, you know, yeah, it could be about anything, man. I think this is another thing with it as well. You've got the governing bodies and you've got, like, I guess the fact that we're speaking about how the CFL is started by one guy, how we're thinking, like, doing it in the UK it should be started by the organisations and the governing bodies of the sport and not just people who actually want to like change the change the system, which yeah. is crazy. But that's the thing. That's, that, that's, that's why it's a gift and a curse. Because in another sport, this would, we wouldn't have this opportunity. It's very true. Like, British athletics would have done this ages ago. But now we've got an opportunity where we could start the league and then they have to buy us out. See what I'm saying? So, mm. like, it's tough and it's difficult, but it's also like a great opportunity to do something like special. Because ideally, you wanna, you wanna, okay, cool, yeah, we started the league. I don't know about you, but running a league for like 30 years is, is it's long. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, eventually, you would hope that someone comes in, like, okay, cool, see what you're doing, want to be involved, mm. and then go from there like there's a lot of there's there's a lot of opportunity but I think with athletics it's very frustrating 
So people often get like, like it happens to me, like you get annoyed, like, ah, oh. athletes just end up being like bitter, like, do you know what I mean? It's just hating the sport. Oh, there's no money in the sport. Like, but this is how it is, isn't it? Do you think that's one of the other things though? Like when I've, not all athletes, but some athletes, I have a message to record a podcast or to go and film a video of them. And they're like, yeah, how much, how much are you paying me? Because I don't have any money to, and it's like, that's sad because in other sports, mm. it's, it's, it's almost like an obligation, like basketball press conferences or like train, you know, that, that's part of the, their job. But well, that's, that's because, that's because it's pro though. Mm. Because, True. Because it's amateur, like there's no standards. There's no standard. So for me, like, it's hard. Like, uh, your agent or your or brand will be telling you, post on social media, post on social media, post on social media. Like, but I don't want to. Like, I always say to, like, people, like, when you're a competing athlete, you don't want to be an influencer at the same time. You want to, like, realistically, we need to be making enough money to pay somebody to do this stuff for us. Like, if I if I was a top level athlete, that's the first thing I'm getting. Content like Harry's got it. He's got people who do his content, cool, and it, it makes it much easier. And I think, in terms of what you're saying, it's just about at the end of the day, everybody doesn't see the picture, so people don't understand. Like, if you're we don't have the budget to pay you that BBC has. So if if we want to like film something with you, we're doing it so that both of like our our, our community can benefit, and it's gonna help build your profile. So if you don't see it like that way, then that's fair enough, isn't it? Like, well, eventually somebody will see it, and the community will be built. And that person will gain. And uh, that's what I think. Like, it's just about, for me, I don't want to force like anything onto any athletes or coaches because a lot of times the coaches as well. Mm. Like I say to, in sprinting, because I, I don't think it's like this in distance running, but we've got to pay like three to 500 pounds a month coaching fee like to be in certain groups. So it's difficult, man. I also think I was thinking about this recently actually sprinters seem a lot more like students of the sport than distance runners like sprinting is more you know drive phase you've got like loads of different things like you try like with distance running there's such subjective opinions I don't think distance running at the at, well I think at the top level it is is as elite but I think as there's a broader level I don't think distance running is as elite as sprinting is if that makes sense I don't think the knowledge is there for distance running. I think it's I think it's a bit because like from in sprinting the margin's so fine that mm. everybody's because like everybody tries to be so like yeah this is the way this is the way but it's still kind of like it's weird like because we we speak about like I've got a group chat with some of my friends that sprinters as well and and a sprint hurdler and it's like we always say that everybody just, it's almost like a battle of who's got the most followers is right. 
Like, but well, who's the fastest? Because there, who's the... Yeah, because there's so many different ways that people have ran fast. It's hard to say, oh, you're wrong, because you tell a coach you're wrong, and then they have an athlete run some mad time. And then that, that comes into like my theory of like, I just think it's down to that. It's mostly down to the athlete. Like, I'm not saying you don't need a good coach. Of course, like, you need a great, like, good, no, you don't need a great coach. You need a good coach. But you can see by the disparity in like people's like levels that train with different coaches, it's down to like, I think it's mostly 100% down to the athlete. So a lot of the times people, think oh he's the athlete's coach and then look at what the coach is doing and think that's going to work for them but it's not always like that and it's probably the same in distance running where if someone's got a certain like natural ability or talent level they might be able to get away with a flawed philosophy and then other people are going to start buying into that so and I think that's why you see sort of with the distance running domestic titles can be won in a lot slower than the elite of the elite. I guess it's the same for sprinting. It's just the margins are smaller. But because in our, yeah. in distance running, it's fine margins. Like if you make a small change, it can affect a couple of seconds because the margin yeah. is bigger because it's a longer event. So it's just it's just a shame that that's sort of not. I'd like to see distance runners talk about specific training or specific re- recovery techniques or their form more. But they don't. But like you said, I think it's because in sprinting, you have to focus on those things. Because if you get something wrong, you're not going to recover in, in nine seconds, ten seconds. Yeah. Whereas not, in distance not. running, if something goes wrong in distance running, you see races where people drop off and then come back. And then and it's just more variables. But I think there needs to be more concentration on those kind of things. But again, that's... But just, you know what, though? From an elite performance perspective, it's not good. But from a... I think... Like in terms of like viewing, it makes it better because when people watch football, they honestly think that Harry Maguire is not good. Mm. Like they genuinely believe that they could play better than Harry Maguire. And I think when you watch, like when I watch a distance race, obviously I don't think I could run that, but I I can see oh, anyone could win this race. Whereas in this like especially the hundred, it's like one you just know that I'm just not that fast, and two like. Whoever, if somebody is three like three times faster than you, I'm sorry, but you, you're not gonna win. <laughs> like you're watching a race with like a Coleman or like um, what's that Italian? Jacobs. Like most of the time, they're racing somebody, and like they're probably gonna win, and that takes away from the, the entertainment. That is true because in distance running, there's a lot more like. Bolt was never going to lose between 2008 and, let's say, 2015. I know, obviously, Gatlin was at some point, like, maybe challenging him a bit, but you're never going to be like, Bolt's going to lose this race. It was never going to happen. And most of the time, you'd be like, yeah, Johan Blake, Asafa Powell, Tyson Gay, probably going to come next, depending on who's racing. Whereas in distance running, it's like 10 different runners in one race could get on the podium because of the variables. Like, I think... Yeah, I, I do. I do agree with that. I think that's why. I guess it is a bit more exciting, or that sort of gives us something. Because obviously, sprints is like the, like the blue ribbon event. Like everyone's like obsessed with sprints, whereas distance running it doesn't really have that. But I think it goes back to creating a story, though. Again, because it just needs in a to be sp- built. Hmm. 
But in, in a sprint race. Go on, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Quickly, if people watch an F1, yeah, like you can't even see them. They're just literally driving around. Mm. Like, well, people watch distance running. It just needs to be, you need to understand more. Like, if Mo had a TV show, it would be lit. Yeah, but also with distance running, it's like, like you said, with F1, I'm rooting, I'm not sure if it's because of the, doc, because of the documentary or not, but I'm rooting for Haas or like if they get one point, I'm going to be gassed that they got one point. It's not just about who wins, whereas in distance running, if you're not at the front, and same as sprinting, no one really cares. Like, but if we, that's why that's why you need that league. Yeah, because it doesn't mean anything. If it's only a one-off race, it doesn't mean anything. If it's a league where, even if you come fourth, that still means this. Like, there's no meaning to things. Think if F1 was just oh, each race was just individual one-offs. Like it wouldn't have that that value, even mm. before the documentary. Like, cause obviously, um, like my granddad loves F one, so like we used to be watching, like rooting for like Lewis Hamilton heavy. But we knew watching the race. Okay, cool. He needs to get this point. Like, I think when he won his first his first um, world title, like, cool. He needs to come fifth. So even though he's lost the race completely, it's like, oh, where's he? Like, we never. It's never going to be like that in athletics. It's just about who crossed the line first. Tell you what, just talking about that Lewis Hamilton first victory when he was in sixth and then like the last one of the last few corners. Wow, that was that was crazy. You don't get that, and we we don't have the opportunity to have a story like that because there's no build, there's no. You know what I'm saying? It's just you just oh the Olympics is on. This person won. Mm. Well, it's like um, sorry, because you you a Man are you a Man United fan? No, 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 no. You no, you who do you support? I'm I'm Mr. South, Palace. I'm a South London guy, man. Yeah, I support Palace, man. Come on. Right, my, my, my side, my friend, uh, and no one, anyone who listens doesn't have context. To this whenever Arsenal lose, he goes, He's a Crystal Palace fan, though. That's what he always says. Yeah, that's, that's I don't like that because a lot of guys from South London they've got their like glory hunting team, like yeah. that's not in South, like Man, man U or Arsenal, but they're like, Yeah, but I'm a Palace fan. No, you're not. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't be dealing with people from like I support Tottenham, I'm from Sheffield, so I can't really talk. But if you've got a good team in your city, like South London, don't go and support Man United or Man City. Because like there's too many like Man United fans, or like it's just everyone is south. Everyone is south for my era supports Man U. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's like, yeah. But what I, what I was gonna say about that is how have I forgot what I was gonna say? Oh yeah. Joe when Aguero scored that winner and they won the league, and it's probably one of the most iconic moments ever. On that day, commentary right now. On that day, Man United won and Man City won. They both won. In a sport where you don't yeah. have a league or don't have that context, you see that as two equal results. You, you will never have that moment for them both winning and it being equal. Like, yeah. they both won. They both got the same outcome from their match. But Man City's is worth so much more than Man United's. You don't yeah. have that. You don't have that in track and field. And should we should we transition over to the league specifically now then, and like the UK? Yeah, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. So, do, where do you want to start with this? Do you want to start with sort of the basics of like I guess the structure, or should we talk about I guess the ways to sort of try and make it more appealing and a bit more? And I hate this word cool, like just cooler, if that makes sense. Um. Yeah, let's start with that because that might. No, nah, let's start with the structure because okay. that, I think that will give it context. So. 
we're, we're looking at this and we've seen obviously the Canadian League do it out in Canada. And the main thing for the Canadian League is because Canada is so big, they have adopted a point system based off World Athletics. So people can race at different competitions around the country because obviously at the minute with hopefully in a few years time, they can change that when they can stop paying for athletes to come out and travel. But at the minute, flying from one end of Canada to the other is not worth it for the athlete because they like, might have to taper, miss training, travel a lot. So they'll need to get compensated for that and also obviously getting compensated for the flights, the hotel, and also appearance fee. And at the minute, the, the CFL, the Track Field League in Canada, first year, completely brand new, is not there yet. So they've had a point system. Whereas in the UK, we have the beauty of being able to have everyone in one place. So yeah. I think, for, first of all, we, we're not going to, we wouldn't want to do that point system really, would we? Because it's sort of too hard to track and it's... Yeah, it takes away from the, like from when we're speaking, like in the premiership, when you get, like it's so close. Basically, it kind of takes away from that. So... Like we want to just keep it like to what we know league structures to be as mm. much as possible. So, yeah. I think also with that, and this is something I just thought about, especially in the sprints, say if someone runs like in a 60, 640 flat, and then someone runs 641, the guy who runs 640 wins the race. But if it was based off points, they're basically almost been the exact same points. So winning yeah, wouldn't actually yeah. mean, mean much at all, which is another yeah. thing about it. I think it I think it adds more merit to actually winning, which is what the main thing of the sport is. Yeah. It's it's winning. And like I think that transitions into distance racing as well. Like if if you were constantly just having to time trial and run flat out in a distance race, the field's gonna get strung out so quickly and tactics are just kind of thrown out the window and you'll just be like running for the wire as fast as you can to get as many points as possible. Whereas if you were racing for first you know exactly that if you win, you get this amount of points, regardless of the time. So I think that yeah. is a good way to do it. And then also, like you said, like with going back to F1, we knew that Lewis Hamilton had to come fifth. But what we wouldn't know is if Lewis Hamilton had to finish his last lap in a certain specific time to get a certain amount of points. It's yeah. hard to, you can't calculate it as you're watching. Like it doesn't, from a spectator's point of view, it's so hard to comprehend that if that happens. So that's oh, yeah. the first thing I think. Second thing, um, should we talk about how the team structure would kind of want kind of things? So, like, same again, four teams. Is that, is that what we think's best for that? Because then two from each team, generally eight eight athletes compete in a race. Yeah, generally, yeah, generally you'd have eight. So two is easy to start with, um, and then yeah. I think that, that makes the most sense. And then obviously, like, reserves. This is something I actually haven't spoken about. Like, say someone like, like, say, for example, Dina is trying to run the Worlds. Or, like, say if, if Dina's doing one specific race and obviously can't commit to a league in the first year. But then if she's like, I'm free to do this 60, how can that work in terms of getting a, an app? Like, is, is that like a wild card thing? Or is that like, you have like a power play thing. Like, is there ways to add stuff like that? What's yeah, we probably different? have to give. You'd have to give each team like one, like a, a certain amount of wild cards in the season. Mm. So you could bring someone in for like 
say don't want someone to do one race like a guest appearance um, and then we work out whatever the number is according to how many meets there is so yeah that that would probably be the, the easiest way to do it as a wild card and then like original team selection because you mentioned we like was trying to speak about this and I think this is still something what's quite kind of like hard to think about and sort of look at because one way you could look at a basketball kind of draft thing but also we don't really that you, you said that's not really the best way to go in your opinion so like, what yeah, do you think like, the best uh, way to look at teams is so for me like for me obviously I, I tried to like be like as British culture as possible so you know I think as much as drafts are cool um, it's not really we don't have that in mm. like our, our sports so for me I think just like each team just recruit your athletes like recruit your core group of athletes and then if anything like when you need more athletes then we might say okay cool we've got a pool here that we're going to do like a draft or whatnot for but I think this the core should be recruited like we've signed this person for this for the next season we signed this we signed it, you know so I think that would be more interesting because we want to know who's 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 tracks those big signing like we want to see the big reveal do you know what I'm saying like whereas if it's a draft like I might get your your big signing and that doesn't make sense or you might get the track archives big signing and then it's messing up the whole like lineage of everything do you know what I'm saying so yeah I think we got to start off with us signing a cause and then if anything we can draft in the other after. I think that creates another story as well. Like I think a big thing is documenting it and being able to sort of, even if it's like you get people down and like, all right, I want you to trial for my team. And it's like, you get people like doing a race. It's like, yeah, I'm going to pick you kind of thing. But like being able to document that side of it as well and not just just the race. Like I agree. Yeah. I think that's the best way. Everything, like, everything outside of the race, document it. Like that's what I care about, realistically. For me, the race is the least important thing. Like, that's easy. You know, we've done this for years. You, get, you won't go to the track, you warm up, you run. Athletics has that side of things worked out. But where we more come into it is we have the other side. We've got ideas on the other side that need to be executed. So, so I think trying to get brands integrated through it, what aren't necessarily ones you would see like, I mean, we, we were speaking about and joking about how like, you'd want to get like Trapstar to like sponsor a brand. And if, if people don't know Trapstar is like a UK, what would you call it? UK street brand? Is that, do you reckon that's what you'd call it? Or global street brand, um, I think. Yeah, like streetwear, global, just UK culture, like British culture. Yeah. Um, it's like one of the most desirable, brand, desirable brands in the UK at the moment. Mm. Probably one of that for the last 10 at least, so. We've already yeah, agreed like, that. I've got Trapstar and you've got Hoodrich. And we've already, that's already set in stone, I think. That's, I, I can't believe you'd even say that, but that's crazy. But I got, I, I'm got. i working on something. You're going to see something. Okay. Okay, well, you're going to see something. I'll let you work on that. Um, also <laughs> like, we we want to do something like where you walk into the stadium and you've got like, in the NBA, I think that's where they do it best, isn't it? Where you like, there's a good yeah. cam on like, who's walking in with like, what outfits and stuff. 
like people like don't don't come to meet in your your running like your training gear or like racing gear because you've got change like little bit changing rooms but like come like looking cool and that gives you a a big opportunity for brand sponsors as well like if if someone's got like a, a different sponsor or even if it's like a nike athlete who obviously nike do lifestyle clothes if that's a way to market lifestyle clothes as well that kind of yeah, works yeah. for them like both ways and it's just fun to like it's just another way to add context and it's like just added them you can see what kind of athletes are best dressed and which ones are kind of it's something else to talk about yeah it's just little things as well like there's like i don't know if you've seen like what athletes wore or like what rappers wore or whatever mm. like they got instagram pages like that so you know we, we got we the, the aim would be like cool like how many people are going to get on that on that page like, you know what i'm saying so just little stuff like that as you're saying documenting everything so i think each team should have their own like these team documentaries that we see like whether it be the football ones the bosses the cities the Tottenham's, that all that type of stuff how do you feel um, about like press conferences and stuff like that do you think they can find a way in or um, do you think a bit tricky you know what? I think press conferences it, it depends really on what the structure is because if we don't have media covering it then why are we having a press conference Mm. Like I'm not saying not to have one, but like we if 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 we if we can set like if Athletics Weekly going to come down, um, this person going to come down, that person's going to come down, then you know what I'm saying it makes sense. But I don't. I just think like that's the main thing we got to work out. Like who can we get involved so everything can make sense. I don't want to do nothing anything that doesn't make sense. Put it that and, way. And- and also, I'm going to throw this question to you quickly, and you might have an answer, so this kind of ruins my question. But, like, when you talk about press conferences, the Diamond League has a press conference before every single meet. So does World Athletics before every single race. Can you name yeah. any quotable moment from any press conference of athletics you've ever watched before a race before? No. Yeah, exactly. But I'm sure I saw a clip of No Lowell rapping at a post-race press conference. That might be was that with like the running report? Was that with this? I don't know. Quiet? I don't know. It was in uh, I think it was in Birmingham the other day, but it was only because somebody I knew was like in the press conference. Oh, yeah. Snap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you never see but, them, do you? Um, you never yeah, see the yeah, press yeah. conferences. Yeah, you don't. Because yeah, you just don't, I guess. And I guess that's what we'd have to work out. Cause I go when it's a fight like Kelbrook and um American. I've watched every press conference. Like, even if I've missed it, I'll go back and watch the whole thing. Mm. And like, like McGregor's got iconic press conference moments. Like, so, but athletes, I don't think athletes are like that. And I don't think, I, I mean, wait, athletes are like that, but right now it's too dangerous to be like that. When people get, get like, are getting guaranteed money, then we'll start having those moments in the press conference. But right now, Everyone's image is too clean to be um, trash talking in a press conference. Because yeah, you can't say anything, or else people start saying like, "It does my head in when people when I see this." It's like, yeah, yeah, running's meant to be a classy sport, and it's like, what does that even mean? Like, it is though. It is like if you look at like track and field, it's a very like snobby sport. Like it's a very like middle class 
sport like yeah like that's why it is how it is because like say like fighting football basketball this type of stuff it's, it's working class sports athletics just happens to be dominated by a certain demographic of people <laughs> like say polo for example it should be like that but unfortunately because the barrier to entry is so low everyone can do it so now you just get kenyans just dominating events like imagine if you like i don't know let kenyans do like polo they'll be dominating that as well like. <laughs> but they just don't have access to it innit? so or rowing yeah. or just anything you know I and mean? any any sport what requires fitness or being able to move well yeah it's right, so. another thing actually i um have a kenyan or no he's just he's ethiopian but he um he was a refugee and i actually had someone from kenya as well and then moved to somalia and he said what makes kenyans so good well half of it obviously genetics as well is they are literally running for their life like if they yeah, win yeah. one race that's generational wealth in that country sorted like they're racing to survive and like the motivation of that just makes them so disciplined and whole and like a whole new level. So they're sort of like the professionals in a sense, or like they train the most in terms of actually trying to become the best possible without any external influence. But yeah, that's why I think, um, that's why I think it's difficult for British athletes because you can literally just stop. If you actually stop doing what you're doing, and just go and get a job, like you would actually be a lot better off. Mm. But you're competing against somebody that this is like, this is their lifeline. That person's, it's a bit different, especially after you sign your deal. So like first, obviously you're hungry to start off with, but now imagine now you go do your thing, sign for your 1.2. You could like the hunger, we see it in fighting all the time. It's, it's difficult like how do you maintain when you get to that top level mm. especially when it's a sport what hurts a lot <laughs> like how do you work day in day out so hard when you can't you're... take can't take no days off like yeah. in a team sport you can take days off can't really take days off and in a team so... sport you can have off days as well like if you're not playing very well in one position then the, the team can still win quite easily yeah. so it's like and even if the team that. loses if the team loses it's not as bad yeah. if, if the team loses yeah, if an athlete loses, like a top athlete loses, like it's a bad day. Because remember as well, the, the the money that they're supposed to get is very severely affected. Mm. So, yeah, serious. I don't know. I didn't think about that actually. Like the difference between second and first sometimes, or like even if you just have a bad day, and like say you like, I saw a race. Um, the distance runners you were listening, they'll probably know Jacob Kiplimo. And he started celebrating before the line. And this was like a big race. And this guy came out of nowhere and pipped him on the line. And you're probably talking like tens of thousands of pounds at, like for that prize money. And that was his, like, yeah. his first major race. And he just that, just like instant just lost that just, just because he celebrated early, which is something I'd like yeah. to see. I'd like to see people celebrate before they cross the line. But you can't get away with that you in the sport. Get, really. You got to get it right. Which is a shame. Get it right, man. I've lost my train of thought now. I was going to say something. That's the beauty of podcast. I'll just edit it if I can't think of what I want to say. <laughs> no, it's gone. I'll leave that in. I don't care. Like, I'll probably just leave that in. <laughs> and leave them as listen to silence. Um, 
yeah, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, right, yeah. So, do you know, do you also think this is like one of the reasons that the NCAA, we sort of see a lot better athletes than in the UK at the minute, in, in the US, on a lot broader scale? Do you think part of that is because they have the setup there, what is essentially you're an athlete first kind of thing? We're never an so athlete me, first in this country, but they are. Yeah, let me just let me just start this by saying, if you're a young um, athlete in the UK and you have a chance to go to the NCAAs, go. Yeah, it's okay. as simple as that. Now, now you've got it out of the way. <laughs> so for me, um, I, obviously, I went, to, I went to a college called Oakland, um, which is, in my opinion, the closest thing to a similar situation. So we live on campus, um, but our parents pay for it. Or if you're me who gets signed, you pay for it. <laughs> we live on campus. Um, we have like physio, SNC, um, top level coaches, everything there. And most importantly, like all the best athletes, like some of the best athletes in our age group. So like there was one year where um, in my training group, nine people, like from like youth to like senior, nine people made a team in the group. Like, and um, being in that environment, you can't like, you can't recreate it. I think that's why a lot of people, when they leave the NCAAs, they struggle because everything is there. The facility is there. Like, I'm literally walking distance from the gym. So I'm going some this put it this way, yeah. I used to go to gym at 7 a.m. and go to the canteen, get food, and go straight to lesson. Mm. Now, you gotta race me. What are you doing? <laughs> You're going to college in the morning, doing doing your Oh, and then after that, I'm probably going track as well. Like once I finish my school, you're going college in the morning. There's no, there's no gym. If there is a gym, you don't have like your coach there. And then you go training after. At the end of the day, I'm doing this like five days a week, five six days a week. Like I've got like top level therapists. Like I can get treatment two three times a week. So. I think that's what the NCAA is. It gives you a chance to to be at that elite level without having to pay for it. Like, and just have everything there. And that's something that I probably would have, we all would benefit from because it gives you more time. I think in athletics, the main thing that we don't have is time to kind of execute our potential. That's what I feel like. I got a good, I got like way more of an opportunity than a lot of people. But because of injuries and stuff, I still needed a little bit more time. And um, that's what I would say for any young athlete. Because once you start, you get out of like education and then you you got to go make money or whatever. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being in that professional environment, other people on the same thing as you, like all the athletes, you're all... Like, it's priceless. I think because, like, in the NCAA, like, you could lose your region to someone 
who would win British champs nine times out of ten. And you've got so many different regions where people can do that. Like the competition level is so much higher that you sort of drive each other up more. Because if you're seeing what they're doing and seeing like, why am I getting beat by him? Or why am I getting beat by her? What are they doing differently? Why are they better than me? You're always going to, there's always so many different people to compete against. Whereas in the UK or any, I'm going to say most countries, if you're at that level, what they're at in the NCAA, one of them, you will be beating everyone. Whereas in the NCAA, there's countless athletes. I can't hear you anymore. It's it's mine. My AirPods have died. Two seconds. My AirPods oh. died. Two seconds. There we are. Sorted. All right, cool. Yeah, like I think that's the main part of it because um, difficult, man. Like, but if you understand, like, well, I don't know what it's like in distance running, but if you understand the history of like sprinting, just historically, like numbers wise studying the sport because i was like when i was younger um i was kind of following a certain pathway right so at the time there were athletes that that were before me that had got got to a place so like say for example um cj Ujo, he'd run he'd like followed in a similar like coaching setup he'd run sub and then like OJ Edward at the time, he was like next in line. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me join that line. <laughs> so I followed in that pathway. But if you look at like the history of track, like sprinting, literally, I, I would love to know the percentage of sprinters that went to the NCAAs to like how many are at championships. It's so high. It's like going to Harvard. Or like an Ivy League school for for like do you know what I mean? like you just have to do it like there's no there's no way around it we're seeing um Toby now out there like open on ten one nine nine windy you have to do it there's no there's nothing anyone can tell me to justify not doing it like the only person that we've seen that we work for in the UK in this generation is Dina. Yeah. Besides that, like I guess I guess we've got Keely now, which is another one at least. I'm talking about sprinters. So I'm talking yeah, about yeah, sprinters, sprinters specifically. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or like, if you're not going to the NCAA, you're going to Jamaica or you're going to USA to train anyway. Like Jamila. Jamaica, yeah, but I wouldn't advise that. Is it just I, I'd just say go to NCAAs. Yeah. Because the support and the structure is very important. So in Jamaica, if you're not Jamaican, like you're going to be out there paying for everything. You got to adapt to the culture. Like it's not, it's just go to NCAAs. <laughs> Trust me, I've been to Jamaica. Go to the NCAAs. <laughs> were you, were you like, I guess a few years ago, would, would you, did you, did you have an opportunity to go to the NCAAs? Like were you speaking to people? Do you know what's funny? Yeah. So, Obviously, I signed. Um, I signed my 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 first like contract when I was sixteen. Mm. So, but at uh, my European Juniors, it's funny. I got injured at like twenty meters, yeah. But um, a college coach like went to the GB team and uh, asked to speak to me and that. 
and I was speaking to him and he was like, yeah, like, I can see, like, I saw, like, see, like, yeah, man, like, he was, he was writing. I was just like, yeah, I've been signed for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wish, I don't know, I, I, realistically now I think about it, I probably could have like pulled off. Cause it's not like I'm like a high profile athlete, but yeah, man. You're not wanting to do a masters? Quickly swing, but swing, swing. Bro, I didn't. I didn't go to uni though. Just undergrad. I went to uni. Undergrad then. It's fine. Bro, if I could, I would. If anyone's watching this, and you want to recruit me, we can just, you know, I'll be out there. Get me out there now. Man. There's some old people at university in America, like BYU, like they have quite a lot of. Well, I think it's a like fully Christian school, and they have like people going on like mission years and like mission year, like two years and stuff. So you get like 27, 26 year olds. Yeah, Where is that? Uh, BYU. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> you can make a um, track and field last chance you. Is it in Utah? Let me do like BYU location. Yeah, I think it's in Utah. That might be, yeah, it looks like it's in Utah, Utah, unless there's two, yeah, like Idaho. Is that Utah? I don't know. I've just searched BYU Cougars universe uh, location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Brigham Young University, and it's in Utah, I believe. So somewhere. If you like, see me out there, then mind your business. <laughs> That's the, I, I yeah. kind of regret not going. I feel like life though, it's just always like why didn't why didn't you go? Well, I, I wasn't I had like a few conversations uh like before I went to university here, and that was just more like uh I don't like it's a big step. I've got my girlfriend, stuff like that. That's why I didn't go. And then yeah. now it's kind of like for masters, I couldn't even tell you why. I was gonna I say couldn't, why, I couldn't give you a good why don't you just do why don't you just do masters? Because it's only a year, right? Two years. Two years. Oh, two. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just go for a year, and if you don't want to do it, just cut. <laughs> just as simple as that. Just get a free ride for a year, see what yeah. happens, and then like, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing. I'm not too bothered about having a masters, so I'd be I'd be calm with that. Like I'd be like, I don't really yeah. care about the degree if it's getting paid for, and then see how it is. That's something to think about. See what happens this year. Have a year off. If if I'm if I'm going downhill, just like yeah, I'll I'll go to the US. That's <laughs> fine. Even D two, get me in a D two school. I don't care if I've gone downhill. Yeah, I'll, I'll go D two, hundred percent. This should be like we you should put this out. Recruit us. <laughs> yeah, link link in the description for a full like CV of our. Uh, yeah, I'll give you. Athletic. I'll give you the credentials. Hit me. Hit me in the DMs. So what else do we have? I've, I've, I think that's it from my side of things. I've, I think I've covered everything on my list. Do you have anything else on your side? The, the, the only thing, the NIL thing. Oh yeah, you, you're passionate about this, I think, aren't you? This particular Adidas deal. Okay. One, um, it's just a bad deal because it's not a deal. Like, it's literally like affiliate marketing. <laughs> that's that's what it is like like the, the the athletes are already selling the merch mm. and 
if you're, let's say we're all on a team and there's 20 of us, like all 20 of us aren't going to be, we're selling to the same people. So only like one or two people are going to get all the money. That like, It's just ridiculous. Um, but, you know, I guess it's not, I don't know, man. NCAA is, they're going to have to change. They're going to have to change. It's, it's just that simple because even in basketball, like, that overtime league and stuff like that, they're going to have to change. You do, you do know um, one of my friends came back to the UK to do a race last year, and this was after NIL, like, started, and he won £500 and he had to give it back. He, he won prize yeah. in the race and he had to give it no, back. No, that happens. Yeah, that, bro, that, all the time. All the time, that is ridiculous. All the time. That is actually ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. Especially if it's like, so Adidas have obviously done it with Adidas schools, but like, do you think that's the reason why they're not the sort of tentative to do it? It's because those schools, like as a whole, are already marketing for that brand, like Oregon. Yeah, because they don't. Why? Why? Why am I going to pay you when I've already paid your school? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not paying you. I paid your school already. <laughs> but I think um, athletes more need to look to like businesses away from brands. Like a like a restaurant or something in that in whatever your city is that your of your school, just look for like businesses out there and see what you could do with them. Like pay promotion and stuff like that. Yeah, man. That's. I mean, it's sad, but unfortunately, like as an athlete, you basically got to be an influencer. Like it's not about unless you're in that like top one percent, that like Sydney, that that top level. You gotta kind of just work it out, just piece it together. But it's a funny thing actually, because I was gonna say this earlier and I forgot. In like some people say like athletes don't do enough to become marketable, right? But like in any other sport, the market comes to them. Like if, if I go and play, if I'm a footballer and go and play for Man United, instantly I'm gonna get hundreds of thousands of followers overnight just for playing. Doesn't care about my personality. That, that's what I'm saying. That's why I will never take that, I will never put that on an athlete or take that blame because the money should be invested by World Athletics and the meat directors. Like Man United invest in marketing. Mm. Like that's why these players, as soon as you signed, instantly. As soon as I get announced on a meet, I should be getting crazy followers. Even if I don't get announced, when they see me on the line, I should be getting followers. As soon as I get picked for my for my national governing team like British athletes put my name in that thing follows but how much are they spending on how much are these like how much are these companies spending on marketing I reckon they pay someone a wage when that's it probably because I I never I never see any adverts even when there was world champs here I probably saw like two three posters in on the underground yeah I see like well I know but it's but it's 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 because they're getting the return of investment. See what I'm saying? So why would they spend more? That's their thing. But you'll make more, but it's like, but is it worth it? Mm. If they could do it this way, they can be cheap about it. Why would they do it? So basically, what's gonna happen is we gotta get rich. And then <laughs> we gotta start making documentaries. 
a market in people, a market in the league. And then you have to get bought out. That's a, that's a sad reality when you talk about being rich. Like, it's so easy. You could make a documentary documentary with like 10K. Imagine just going to Netflix and going, yeah, give me 10 grand. Like, do, you know what's so, do you know what's why it's so annoying? Because we could do it, mm. but we don't have the 10K. Yeah. But then the people that do have the 10K don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, it's so, ah, oh, it's so frustrating. Like, I look at an athlete, like, forget 10K, bro. Like, you could, you could give me or you a thousand pounds and we could, get, like, make you look so cool. Like, it's like scary. Like, oh my, like, people be like, people think that, like, do you know what I mean? Like, imagine if, like, imagine if a, a like top level distance athlete gave you like two k, like yo, just help me, like, I want to grow two k. What can we do? I'm talking about someone that's making like a hundred up. Let's say they gave you two k, like, yeah, just sort me out. It will be scary, man. It will be scary, but we'll get there. It's going to take a bit longer. Yeah, it's going to take a bit longer, but we'll get there. And this is the thing as well. Once it happens once, then that'll be it. Like once, say like the first thing that, whatever the first moment is for track archives, that just goes, then everyone's going to come. Or you guys are definitely closer than us to it. Like your moment is coming. And when that moment happens, bro, you're going to have to change your number. It's a track and field league. It's a track and field league. That's the moment. That's the moment. Yeah, but you know what the annoying thing is? Everyone will see it and be like, they'll wait. They'll see it and be like, let's see how this goes. Mm. This is what I told the Canadian track and field like guy because like everyone everyone in the sport's like, oh, well, we need a league. We need a league. We need a league. We need a league. Like They're getting so gassed about having like a league. And then the hype around that, like there's hype. But then also it's like there's no open hype. Like everyone DMs me privately and goes, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. But you don't see anybody like putting it on the story saying, wow, this is so cool. It's always yeah. like they don't want to say it's amazing until it's amazing. And that's kind of the problem as well. Like you can't really yeah. show that you're interested in something until it's already until it's popping off. at that point already. But for it to get to that point, we need the so but I think you know, definitely like we'll get something done, man. Obviously, I'm a wrestling fan as well, isn't it? Like, so. Um, have you heard of AEW? No, I haven't. Wrestling is in so WWE, AEW, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So AEW is like a company that basically started all elite wrestling. Yeah, like, um, do you know? Do you know who? Do you know Cody Rhodes, the wrestler? I'm bad with. I haven't played wrestling since like. What kind of childhood did you have, bro? Anyway, so yeah, but like all elite, all elite wrestling, AEW, like it's even on ITV and stuff now. And um, it basically started from like Cody Rhodes and a few other wrestlers just starting their own thing. And now, and then they got investment from a billionaire. And now they're basically trying to compete with WWE. Obviously, they got a long way to go, but it's a start. Um, and I think I'm like I'll just put it out there and say it from now like once we start this like 
people are gonna people are gonna they're gonna back it 100 like they're gonna back it mm. so i'll just say like the longer you take to get in the more expensive it's gonna be that's and like that's not even me like trying to be like a prick or anything but put it this way if we've got something to once we get something to a certain level the help that we would have needed six months ago changes so the price changes like if we needed a million six months ago we've already cleared that level so now we might need five or we might need ten see what i'm saying so you got to know your value as well. You've got really got to know your value. And that links back to the first point. Athletes, the value of athletes in this sport as a whole, it's just no one has a clue where to even start. Like it's, you don't, someone could ask me, like bear in mind, I run a social media business. Someone could ask me how much for a brand deal. And I'd be like, let me just check this calculator and see. Like I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how much I want you to pay me for this brand deal. And I should, I should be able to go, well, Typical ROI is this, and this means you pay me this much. But I don't have a clue because I don't. You can't. You don't have anyone to compare against. And that's yeah, no. Nah, but when, when we when we meet, we'll talk anyway, man. We'll talk because um, I, that's that's the main thing that I want to start to like work on now. Mm. Actually, we need to figure out know clearly the value of what's going on. Your value right now is mental. Absolutely mental. Like, it's crazy, bro. Trust me. I've got I've got some things to tell you off the podcast because I, I can't I can't keep on the podcast yet. We'll have to wait. <laughs> we'll have to wait. Um, Enough. I'll, I'll finish the podcast there if that's if that's cool with you. If, unless you've got anything for sure, man. For sure, uh, for sure. We've been going for an hour and an hour and like twenty minutes, which is like eighty minutes. It's, it's good going. Yeah, it's so. Crazy um thank you everyone for listening and i always do this so like i'll, I'll say dm tracks this time because normally i like tell them to dm the guests so it's just long like f- tell me you can say a word Rach. like tell people who are still listening at this point because if anyone's listening after 80 minutes of a podcast that's yeah. good going so like tell people- anyone that's listening if you're, if you're listening right now i might send you a track car cash t-shirt i'm gonna be real you might actually i might actually send you a t um what word um Um, ethnicity <laughs> okay yeah dm us that um the ads will be in the description obviously anyone who's listening knows where my ads are anyway but i'll put wretches in the description and track off yeah. track archives DM, yeah dm track archives ethnicity and like you might get a t-shirt yeah okay that, that's a that's a promise because if people are still listening like that's that's yeah, no, hundreds. Someone will get a t-shirt, but if if more than one person does it, yeah, I can't send anyone a t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But one person will definitely get a t-shirt. Yeah, I'm gonna DM it right after this and get myself a t-shirt. <laughs> it, and it won't be you. You'll get one. I'll give you one anyway. Bro. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll bring some tracks and stuff down as well when I come to London. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, one. Leave it a five star rating on Apple Podcasts if you want to. And yeah, goodbye and thanks for listening.